everyone, Michael Unger here with another episode of Let's Innovate, a Science Fair Foundation podcast where we uncover the passion behind great ideas. And the great ideas we're going to dig into this episode are from a different perspective than we've had on previous episodes of Let's Innovate, and that's from a judge's perspective. We're just wrapping up the 2023 Youth Innovation Showcase, and two judges that were part of the process were Brianna Crumfitz, a master's student in physics and astronomy at the University of Victoria, and Paul Tiege, manager of applied research and innovation at the College of the Rockies. They each have very different backgrounds, which I think make for a great conversation about thinking about the process from a judge's perspective. So let's get going. Let's innovate with Brianna Crumfitz and Paul Tiege, judges for the 2023 Youth Innovation Showcase. All right, so we're here with Paul Teague and Brianna Crumfitz. Welcome to you both. Thanks for coming on Let's, Let's Innovate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for having us. Great. So you uh, both just came off of some judging, even in the past week that as we were recording the Youth Innovation Showcase, but each of you come at this from different fields. Paul, you are the manager of applied research and innovation at the College of the Rockies. So why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about your background into judging and, and why you keep doing it? Because it sounds like this isn't the first time that you've, uh, you've judged before. Yeah, no, I've been doing it for a long time. I started in grad school actually at the U of A um, and it was it was just a fascinating experience and I think Brianna mentioned earlier that every time you go the the uh, the projects and the the group of people that you meet are different and there's always something new and innovating and I think that's really what keeps me going is just the creativity and the innovation that are uh, you know put out in the open and so well rehearsed at these at these innovation fairs it's just astounding. So had you been part of science fairs as younger when you were a kid? Did you get involved in them at all? No, I don't think they even, I, I wasn't even aware of them in, in the school system, in the public school system in Edmonton. It wasn't really until I got to the U of A that, uh, that I was introduced to it. Um, but now I've got a kid of my own and she is uh, just last year, did her very first science fairs. <laughs> Wonderful. So, and Brianna, um, you're relatively new. You're a master's student right now in physics and astronomy. You know, that's my uh, little bit of my background uh, at the University of Victoria. And this is about your second year judging. So I'll ask the same question to you. Like, what kind of like um, drew you into wanting to be a judge? Well, um, similar to Paul, I also, you know, started in graduate studies. I didn't even or started judging when I started my graduate studies. It just happens that that was only two years ago. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I same sort of um, influences I found that are really exciting how excited all the kids were about the science that they were doing and about the things that they were making and taking what they saw problems they saw in the world and coming up with solutions and whether it was like a personal problem or something you know that they seem to be bothering other a whole range of people it was really fun to just see these kids excited about science and I didn't have the opportunity either to do uh, science fairs growing up. And so getting to see kids get this opportunity and get so excited about science. I love it. I love doing science outreach. So it's, it's, it's been a true joy. Yeah, that's interesting that you that you just called it science outreach, you know, because I think uh, when we do like a call out for judges, we're saying like, hey, would you mind volunteering your time to, you know, help judge, you know, a youth innovation showcase or as Paul, you know, if you have the sort of like a history of it during science fairs, you know, it sounds like a lot of work and it, and it is work. But what, what you're both saying to me is that it, 
there is a benefit to it that you're getting and you're having like a lot of fun from this because you're feeding off the energy because you're both working in science and you get to see that that perspective of the young person that have those like those uh, those ideas that that's feeding you back sometimes i think uh, as a kid and even as adults is a good reminder that we don't need to separate these things like work can be fun you know like these science fair projects can be fun <laughs> um brianna did you have any did you have any fu uh, fun memories of uh, in your sh you know short time that if you're judging that you want to share? Um, nothing, I suppose, in particular. Um, some perhaps this isn't the place to say it, but uh, something that just sort of uh, sparked me was talking about you know making science fun. At my undergrad, I did physics, and every time I was like, someone's like, "Oh, what are you learning?" I said, "Oh, physics," and they'd be, "Oh, I hate physics," or that was my worst class. And it's like, oh, I hate that. That's such a, you say the word physics and people frown. Um, but like doing science fairs, they're like, oh, I just learned this cool thing about physics. And it was just like, yes, I love it. So it's awesome seeing kids who haven't, um, they haven't gotten the, oh, physics was my worst subject in high school. And they're just excited to learn about it. And, you know, they're talking, a 12 year old talking mm -hmm. about, the centrifugal force and <laughs> super excited about it. And uh, so that's, that's some of my uh, favorite things, I guess, there. Well, that's, that's really interesting because I, I haven't done as much judging as either of you have. I've been mostly, you know, like supporting, you know, the judges and obviously the running of the fairs in the past couple of years. But I wonder, because I have talked to a lot of the kids and I've talked to them here on the podcast. And what I find is that, they use this as a way to express themselves as if like they have just learned something really, really cool. And when you're a kid and you learn something really, really cool, you want to tell people about it. So Paul, are you giving us a bit of an insight here? So uh, as kids get into that rehearsed mode, they have a script that they're saying, and what you find is that if you can break them out of that script, that's when you actually get to know how well they know their project. So do you have sort of like key questions that you ask them to see, if, to, to break that apart? Is that something you kind of learned as a technique in your judging? Yeah, I wouldn't say I, um, I use it as a technique, but I do find that if um, a, a student is, is going too far down that road, and, and as you know, with the science fairs, you got a limited amount of time. Like I think we had 15 minutes in each room. And so you've got to allow them the time to explain their project, but then you really also want to get it an understanding of how well they know their, 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 their project and the background and everything. And so asking them questions that are a little bit non sequitur um, really helps sometimes because it breaks the flow, breaks the train of thought, and then it gets you into the, you know, asking the, <laughs> asking the stuff that you actually want to know, you know? So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a, it's a trick or not, but it, it kind of helps sometimes. Yeah, interesting. Well, I want to get into some things that might be helpful for any kids that might be listening to this and maybe some some common things that you found, you know, if you were going to give, you know, some advice to some kids, maybe some common mistakes uh, that you kind of like saw along the process. Um, Brandon, did you sort of have any insights on some some things that you think would help if kids sort of like uh, focused on when they get into that judging process? Sure. I think that some of the innovations, they're brilliant innovations, but they don't consider feasibility so they'll say oh what if we created this thing and you know in an ideal world we have all of the money and all the resources and everything we could possibly have to make this uh and you know i've seen lots of space themed things it's like and if we just 
put everything in space, we could do this. And no one would lose any bolts in space. That wouldn't be a problem at all. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it's, uh, I think, if it, it, considering the feasibility of their projects, is I, something that a lot of kids kind of forget because they're caught up in the excitement of it, which I think is wonderful. But remembering the feasibility is, I think, really important too. Yeah. And when you say consider the feasibility, because of course, with a lot, and even with these specific innovation projects, they may not have enough money to create even a prototype, right? So it does end up being very on paper. So what do you really mean by consider the feasibility? Are you talking about like maybe breaking down budget of kind of like, this is how much it would cost or considering certain variables? Um, some stuff like that. Like if you're going to build some sort of thing in space, what, what, do they know about what it takes to actually put stuff in space? And if they're planning on building it in space, you know, what mm. um, my dad likes to fix old cars. I have no idea how many screws it's been we've had at the end that we don't know where they go, came from. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you're just going to lose things if you're just working out in space in some open area. And so I think that keeping an idea of what the environment that you're working in would look like and how that might impact whatever you're trying to achieve is mostly what I mean by feasibility. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what about you, Paul? What um, what's, things have come up for you that you that uh, you would give um, maybe some common mistakes that you maybe have seen kids get tripped up on in the past? Yeah, I, I agree. That's uh, th- that is a theme. And as the um, the the age of the participants gets older, the the projects get more. Uh, sophisticated and and then they do start to think um in in more holistic terms about how the project could be implemented but it is a common mistake to look past um all of the things that you don't want to look at (laughs) and just you know and focus on on the great things about your project and you know i think it's it's a it's a good lesson that especially in the scientific process you really have to embrace all of the problems with your project, right? N- nothing's perfect. You're never going to have a perfect experiment and you're never going to have a perfect implementation of a product project. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it's not a negative result or, and it doesn't look bad on you to really explain like the, the, the gaps or the holes in, in what you're doing, the, the parts that you can't explain because maybe you're a 15 year old kid. You don't, you know, you don't have that theoretical physics background, but, you know, you can talk about the the thing that you've learned and you can talk about it very intelligently and just admit that there's some things that are a little beyond your ken at this point. So, yeah, and, and to, you know, sometimes there's a, a drive to, to move past that and, and really just focus on all the potential good things. But as a as a lifetime scientific researcher, um, it's hard to to avoid or it's hard to you know not look at all the all aspects of, of implementation so yeah great and you know you mentioned yourself as a researcher and i'm curious for both of you how you take this experience as judging and kind of like maybe it doesn't directly apply to what you're doing you know paul you're um you're working at the university and brianna you're you're working on your master's but what do you bring back into like your your day your day-to-day work like things that you're seeing in this judging process that um, that might apply with what you do and maybe you know even just explain sort of a little bit what you do um at the university there paul 
Sure. Yeah. So I'm an administrator now, so I actually don't do any research. And so <laughs> the, <laughs> it's just all on the admin side now. So I work with faculty yeah. and students who are doing the research, but I, I'm doing the administration of it. Okay. Um, and, and that's, and that's the bit that I miss actually is the enthusiasm and okay. the doing of, so I'm sort of living vicariously through these students and their projects and the, and the unbridled energy that they have when they come to the science fair and they tell me all about their, you know, they're cool innovation. Yeah. And Brianna, you're, uh, you're doing your master's at the University of Victoria. And of course, like you're uh, working very hard uh, on, on a thesis. And so how does this experience, you know, feed into what you're doing and maybe explain a little bit about what you're working on? Well, I'm actually one week away from defending my thesis. Um, hey. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, next Friday. And then after that, I'm going to start my PhD in January. But the, what the science fairs, I think, really bring home for me is just seeing that there's a, a future out there that like you know it does it doesn't end with me there's always going to be more kids out there who are excited about science they're excited about chemistry and biology and building things and I just think it's also wonderful and so I find it energizing that you know I'm you know working away on my presentation and studying up to defend and I'm like you know there are these kids out here that are just having a great time. And that's what I need to remember as I go into my defense. It's like, I'm going to be a 12 year old kid who's just really excited to <laughs> present their science project. That's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> so Wonderful. So, so on that as well, I want to end off this conversation, you know, on some, some advice that you want to give some kids for next year. So we've, you've wrapped up your judging for this year, but for kids that are about to get into the science fair season, you know, as we're recording this in fall of 2023, uh, spring of 2024 will be science fair season. Uh, what advice uh, would you have for some kids um, that are maybe working on their projects right now? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I told my kids, which is stay curious and stay bored. My kids, um, <laughs> I, they, <laughs> they, uh, we, we practice active boredom here. So there's no screens or, or devices. They go into the backyard and it is amazing how much they discover about the natural world by being bored. You know, they're poking around, they're learning things. They're making observations about the natural world, the birds that are in our yard and everything. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Brianna and Paul, thank you so much for, for joining here on Let's Innovate. And uh, thank you so much for being a judge at this year's Let's uh, Youth Innovation Showcase. Thank you. Well, there you go. How cool is that? Did you enjoy this episode? Please share with people you think will benefit from it. If you have a comment or suggestion you'd like to make, email me, munger at sciencefairs.ca. And don't forget, we're running Science Club, an online meeting place to get inspired and ask questions. November 21st is our next date, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Check out details on our website, sciencefairs.ca. And of course, the finale, the award ceremony for the Youth and Showcase, November 29th. Okay, that's it for this episode. Until next time, let's innovate.